Alex here. And all you have to do is dial in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And you can bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. Coming up tonight, we'll get the chance. We'll talk about a little bit about tech. Uh, you've got a story, Aria, about people and their obsession and frustration with notifications. This is something I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. Uh, if you have a mobile device, or even not if it's mobile, sometimes, you know, just going on websites, they give you notifications there, too. Uh, Dude, I hate that. And I yeah. don't know when it started, but suddenly they decided, hey, we could send notifications directly to your desktop. I'm like, hey, or no you could not. <laughs> yeah, I see. I go on things that I would never want a notification from, like Petco, to get a, you know, a a thing for coconut his mm-hmm. appointment and it'll say do you want to allow petco to send you notifications like why would i want that so emails t- are bad enough so. we can talk about that coming up here but uh, to start things out tonight inflation is of course something that everybody has to deal with in addition to notifications uh whether you got a, a, a device or not whether you are into technology or not inflation is going to affect your life and, of course, the mainstream media doesn't really know what it is. I think they do, but they're running, you know, cover for the government, so they can't just outright say, oh, yeah, by the way, the government calls this. I don't think you're giving them too much credit. I mean, if they went to school in the government system, which most of them probably did, uh, then they were taught that inflation is a rise in prices, which is not actually what inflation is. Inflation is an increase in the money supply, and prices tend to rise as a result of that. So price increases are a symptom of inflation, but they are almost always in the media you know, saying that it's the prices going up that is the actual inflation. They don't get it. I think you're correct because yeah. now that you say that, I remember videos of you know reporters at the Crypto Six raids referring to fiat currency as flat currency because they know so little about the subject. <laughs> right. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, these guys don't know what they're talking about, and they not only that, some of them are definitely running cover because they are pr- printing articles about how inflation's good for you. Oh, it's going to actually give you more money. You're going to have. Uh, you're going to get paid more. You're going to be hour. a millionaire now. Yeah. Well, it's not long. And it doesn't matter that a loaf of bread costs $700,000. You're a millionaire. <laughs> you made it. Yeah, exactly. We've got on our uh, wall in the studio a $10 trillion Zimbabwe note. And look at you, a trillionaire. A multi-trillionaire. That's right. If we and yet it's it, completely worthless. No, well, I mean, somebody paid for it. It probably okay, wasn't fair. more than like 20 it, cents. As a novelty, yeah. it's got value. But it's there it $10 is. trillion. Dollars, what is that? Is that Zimbabwe? That's Zimbabwe, yeah. That's not going to buy you a whole lot. In Zimbabwe. No. If it buys you anything, that, I don't even think that They're will buy you a pack of gum. No, they'll laugh at you if you pull <laughs> that out in Zimbabwe. Uh, but the funny thing is there's also a $1 Zimbabwe note sitting right next to it with the exact same artwork, just un, like a different color set, essentially. Is that what so. they brought out later when they had to change a trillion to one or something? Um, I don't know the history there. Yeah, that's a good question, Bonnie, because they're doing that in Venezuela. I don't know if they did re-denominations in Zimbabwe or they just cranked it up to the max and then just failed. Well, once they have uh, a $10 trillion note, I don't know what else they can do but start <laughs> chopping zeros off. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to comment, you can join us here. To start things out, though, according to FoxBusiness.com, White House National Economic Director... So this is like one of the top quote-unquote economists who is advising Joe Biden. 
Sunday touted the Democrats' $1.75 trillion social spending and climate package. Now, remember, this is different from the one-plus-trillion-dollar infrastructure package that Biden just signed, I think, today or yesterday. Oh, so instead of actually getting rid of the four-trillion-dollar one, they just split it into two. That's probably what they did. Well, yeah. uh, so $1.75 trillion social spending and climate package. I think this is the Build Back Better so-called act. Uh, is the solution to re- what? To reducing inflation. <laughs> to print one and a half trillion dollars. One point seven five trillion dollars is going to reduce inflation, according to this guy. Well, is this one getting paid for by taxing crypto enthusiasts? Um, I presume it's going to get paid for by print, hitting the print button at the Federal Reserve. Well, you know, the infrastructure one, he said that it's not going to raise taxes because we're just going to make money from getting money for from crypto people. Yeah, that's what he said, but I don't think that's going to pan out as good as he's thinking it's going to. No, weren't they estimating like that could bring in a potential like $30 billion or something like that? Not even a drop in the bucket yeah, for the nothing. trillions of dollars they're spending. Hmm. He said services like universal preschool and affordable housing will get more people to participate in the economy and reduce price pressures. Hmm. Not sure any of that makes any sense uh, to me whatsoever. He was on some show on CNN and ABC as well saying that he's confident that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will bring Biden's Build Back Better Act for a vote this week and that it will advance to the Senate, quote, we want to improve the productive capacity of our economy, which will actually reduce price pressures, he said. We want to get more people to work, which will actually reduce price pressures. Well, how is that exactly? How The government doesn't create jobs. No. And they still don't understand that, but it makes sense that he would say this, being the top economic advisor to Joe Biden. Of course, an economist is going to say this, because a free market has no need for someone whose job title is economist. It's like, we don't need you. Can you please find a real job, do something useful for society? So, look, improving the productive capacity would indeed reduce price, right? Like, in theory. Sure. Like, if if your uh, industry becomes more productive, more efficient... Supply goes up. If you can manufacture things more affordably, cheaply, uh, then, yeah, okay... That's why you've seen, for instance, over the decades, uh, the price of some things in stores going down despite overall prices going up, right? Because inflation has continued throughout all of these decades, but some things have gone down in price. Oh, like corn. I was noticing today. Well, Those are, might be subsidized. Yeah, though. exactly, because they're subsidized. I was thinking like something Like televisions. Simple. Television's a good example, but something as simple as like a bottle of alcohol, like rubbing alcohol. Like some of these things have gotten cheaper over the years, and that's just because supply chains generally over time and manufacturing has gotten more efficient, and that's because the market in those areas, especially in you know televisions, as you mentioned, has been allowed to operate relatively free of government intrusion. Yeah, The electronics sector, for instance, computing, uh, is for the most part, with the exception of like an FCC certification on you know new devices, there's not a whole lot of regulations that, that stand in the way of that particular industry. And so you have seen those prices coming down because the market's been relatively free to act. But that said, what we don't get to know is how cheap these things would really be if they weren't inflating constantly the money supply. Because then those things would be even cheaper than they are. Today. That's why I love televisions as an idea. I hate television, the programming, but the television as an idea, the I product. love it. Yeah, because 
a big screen TV used to cost thousands of dollars. It was this yep. great big massive thing that only a few people owned. Oh, yeah. But now you're almost considered un- unhuman if you don't have at least a 60-inch television with an LED display that costs you 250 200, bucks or whatever yeah. versus the yep. thousands of dollars it was just a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. my parents had, I don't know how big about this is, like a very, very small TV for the mm-hmm. average person, like the size of that one up there. And my sister's like a 20 inch or something. Yeah. My sister's yeah. boyfriend got them a TV for Christmas, like a big one. Cause he was just like, how do they watch TV off of that? When it probably would have been so normal, like, I don't know, 30 years ago. I mean, I grew up on one of those, you know, 27 inch bulky CRTVs. Yeah, I, yeah, did too. I had a big fat one. That was Actually, like, I don't even think it was 27. I remember working at Kmart back in the day, having to move those things around the stock room all by myself. And that was, <laughs> 27s were pretty easy to handle, you know, as a, as a teenager, but the 32s were monster, were just so much heavier and so big and bulky to uh, to deal with. I mean, now you can carry a 32 inch television easily with you one do hand. With one hand, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, but yet this guy wants you to believe that if he just simply, as he says, if he passes a $1.75 trillion spending package, that that will somehow reduce inflation, as though that will improve the productivity of the economy. And this is the thing that these government guys, maybe they don't understand or they just, you know, they lie, one or the other. Uh, Government involvement in the economy is what is ruining productive capacity. Government regulations make things less efficient. They make things more costly over time. To say nothing of the lockdowns. Oh, there's that too. So if you want to comment, you can join us here. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Oh, sorry, Bonnie. Try that one more time. And Bonnie. And Aria. Uh, And you can take control of the airwaves here. We're talking about the ever-present problem, and worse now than probably any point in our lifetimes, is inflation. I mean, 9% last month versus... October of 2020. Well, now that's what you're talking about is the uh, the producer price inflation index, if I recall correctly. That's what we talked about last week, right? The nine percent. I think so. Yeah, that was the like that was like the wholesale price rating as far as what you know manufacturers are paying more to make their products. They're paying over over eight, close to nine percent more on average, as I understand it. Um, but there's actually another story that I've got here from MonetaryCurrent.substack.com, where a guy named Rob Fredericks runs the numbers, and he says annualized inflation in the United States is over thirty percent. That that's the number I would believe. Yeah, totally. So we're gonna get back into that. Of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. But I do want to let you know about Bitcoin, because if you want to get out of this trap. Because this is a trap. Having the United States dollar or any fiat currency, which means government-issued, central bank-controlled currency. You mean currency, flat currency? You know, fiat. <laughs> uh, any of them from around the planet is a, it's a money trap. They're using you. They're extracting your wealth from you by printing more money into existence, which reduces the value of any savings that you might have in, say, the dollar. And so how do you get out of this? 
Well, you can get something else. You can take your dollars and turn them into things like Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. And Bitcoin.com will tell you all about that. Go to Get Started at the top of the page at Bitcoin.com, and you can learn the basics about Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and cryptocurrency in general. What is it that makes it different? Why is decentralization an important aspect of it? They'll go over some of these basics, and it's important to learn this stuff. If you haven't taken the time, spend five minutes of your life. Maybe you'll decide you want to dig deeper because there's other videos. There's just that first introductory video that you absolutely should watch over at Bitcoin.com. Just click Get Started at the top of the page. And uh, don't forget they've got the latest news headlines as well over at news.bitcoin.com. News. Let's go to Dave Ridley. He's on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Dave. Hey, folks. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the elephant in the room and its possible threat to New Hampshire independence. Hmm. Uh, or the, to the New Hampshire Independence Drive, if you want to call it that. Um, <clears throat> and that is the, the possible coming war with China. What Now, people have been saying this, but I just don't buy it. Why would you believe that this is even a possibility? I mean, I think it's inevitable. But I don't think it's like going to... Like a fighting ha- war? Like a shooting war? I don't know what, how it will manifest. I mean, we're their number well, one customer. Yes. It's it, yeah, that didn't stop World War One. That was that was the case in World War One too. And that says that they want to get their money back that we owe them right now because they are defaulting on their own well, debt. I don't owe them anything. I well, didn't you know get in I mean. debt with China. You talking about the U.S. government? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, look, but it's become clear to China at this point that the U.S. government is never going to pay off that debt. So they're sure. going to sell us to them, is what Matt says. I don't think that's it, but I think China will inevitably invade Taiwan, and when that happens, it will lead to a wider war. Hmm. I don't see it happening before, like, 2025 or 2026, though. China's in pretty bad shape. I mean, they're a big country, no doubt about it, and there's they, they imprison their own people. I mean, certainly there's some horrible things going on in China, but, I mean, there's videos of just infrastructure they're just falling apart they don't have that much in the way of like even aircraft carriers and things like that i mean i think that they're a bit of a paper tiger honestly but dave what do you think well we can hope that that's true and and whether it is true or not there's another elephant in the room and that's the reason why china is a threat at all it really shouldn't be um uh the reason it's a threat is because most of the nations surrounding china have strict gun control laws uh, or other weapon control laws, which, if lifted, would make China absolutely unable to take them over. Uh, it might have some difficulty even now, <laughs> right? Right. But uh, the, 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 the diplomatic solution, if the United States was doing its job properly, would be to gently uh, pressure countries near China to uh, reduce their gun laws uh, and exchange, you know, uh, you know, in exchange. Uh, you know, well, I don't know if it would be an exchange for something or not, but it would just be like, hey, if you you know, if you want to be safe against this government, that's how you do it. You don't have our aircraft carriers in your backyard. Yeah, maybe, but you know, the reason why governments around the world put in gun control laws is because they're afraid of their own people, and they certainly don't want them rising up against them. I mean, whatever countries we're talking about here, that's probably why they're never going to repeal gun control i mean in most countries around the planet there's severe gun control the united states is probably the really the only one where there's relative gun freedom and even that's not true and the united states doesn't want those countries to be able to defend themselves because if they do then that's less money being poured into nato and the military industrial complex well that stuff's bankrupting them not just us it's it's bankrupting the feds um 
But yeah, but it, this is you know this is something that affects us in New Hampshire in a sense because or at least we have to think about it because the federal gun control laws actually make us more at risk of any kind of problem. I mean we're in a good geographical spot in relation to China, uh, but uh, if if we were independent, we would be free of all those federal. We would be free of basically all the gun laws we have in New mm-hmm. Hampshire right now. I mean, they're pretty much all federal. That's right, and uh, that would be a huge help for New Hampshire. Uh, keeping itself safe from everything, not just China. We would also be free of all of the hegemony and chaos that the United States government has caused throughout the last two centuries. Yeah, it would no longer be our problem. The blood would not be on our hands anymore. I mean, there's there's so many reasons to do this. And I think you're right, Dave. The, The gun people in New Hampshire... They ought to be very excited about the idea of New Hampshire independence. You can finally have that AK-47. You can have a silencer. <laughs> you can have a whatever you want. You know, a have suppressor. a McNuke. Uh, well, it's going to be a little harder <laughs> to get your hands on, I, I suspect. But you want to grab a tank? A All bit right. more expensive, I would imagine. A but... rocket launcher. You know, whatever, whatever you want. Uh, Ridley, anything else you want to share tonight? Yes, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. He's calling in about the New Hampshire exit. Uh, nhexit.us. You can go there and learn more about the constitutional amendment that is being proposed. That we're still waiting on an actual amendment number. Like, what is the actual bill number going to be? As soon as we know what that is, we'll definitely put that out there, and then maybe the mainstream media will. I will suspect pick up they'll on have it. a hard time ignoring it. Yeah, yeah. People are already talking about it. There are already uh, letters to the editor that are being written. I know, Bonnie, you found one the other night that was uh, what Laconia. I think there was like a Laconia. Yeah, Laconia something Sun. new. Yeah, Laconia Sun. I think. Yeah. So there was another hate piece that was oh, posted. Oh, poor baby. Yeah, these people are upset. They said that it was um, already decided that states can't secede in the Civil War, and I left a long comment about how crazy that sounds. Well, Barack Obama said the same thing during. Uh, 2012 or whenever they did the petition response things and yeah. the very ideal is, is appalling even if that was what everyone agreed on back then and it wasn't there's was a lot of bloodshed about it but even if everyone agreed on it that is ruled by the dead that is mm-hmm. dead people who existed more than a century ago telling us how we can and can't govern ourselves and any american who has the audacity to say something like that should immediately have their citizenship revoked they're also a person who's obviously never read the new hampshire bill of rights and there's very clear the the wording in there is crystal clear there's a right to rebellion yes this article number 10 of the new hampshire constitution's bill of rights is a right to revolution and that's just one of them also article 7 is also very very strong we'll uh, we'll continue here in moments you can bring up what you want it's free talk live when a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson from BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open. If you want to join us, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything that happens to be on your mind. And... If you are into cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin and Ethereum, you really ought to take a look at the BitBox. It is a 100% open source 
hardware wallet. Now, some of these hardware wallets, they don't have open source. And that means you really don't know what you're getting into. It's almost as bad as trusting your crypto to Coinbase. Yeah, almost. Uh, and so if you want to learn more about the BitBox, get on over to box.freetalklive.com. You can order one there. Use code FTL. Save 5% on your BitBox there. Uh, that's, again, box.freetalklive.com. We're also going to be doing a giveaway uh, of one of these things. And here's how you can enter. You can uh, take a screenshot of your subscription to our channel on Odyssey. Now, if you haven't done that yet, you can go to video.freetalklive.com and you can follow us there and then just screenshot the fact that you've done that. You can then use that screenshot to tag Aria on our social media site over at social.freetalklive.com. Just upload your screenshot as a post, tag Aria, and then you'll be in the running for winning a BitBox. And we will pick that winner at some point in the future uh, on an episode of Freer Talk Live, which is our uncensored internet after show so once again you can go to odyssey to subscribe to our channel at video.freetalklive.com take a screenshot of that and then post it over on our social media server on your account over at social.freetalklive.com how many are we giving away uh, i think we've got at least one and we may do others there's a total of three yeah okay so uh and then uh, you are at aria on there aren't you yes okay so check that out. But and I mean, if they join, they'll automatically be following me. So. Correct. Box.freetalklive.com to learn more and order yours for 5% off with code FTL. Uh, so telling you about this $1.75 trillion spending bill, which remember, that's different than the $1.something trillion spending bill on quote-unquote infrastructure, which, as we talked about a few days ago, includes a mandatory DUI uh, check in every single new car manufactured after 20, uh, 2026. So, like, so that's, the U.S. government won't even exist when that law goes into effect. Oh, that's a <laughs> wonderful thought, Arya. And I, I, I hope that you're right about that. That's such a scary idea that every time anybody gets in the car, they have to give a breathalyzer. Only yeah, if you buy test. a new car. That's yeah, correct. but it still creeps me out. Yeah, like after terrible. a while, old cars are going to be pretty much old, right? Yeah, I don't know. You can always buy a good old car with low mileage on it. You just have to look in the right places. I'm That's not true. even that worried about like myself because, yeah, I'll just have an old car. I'll just keep buying old cars as long as I can. I think a lot of people will do that, especially serious drunk people but, who don't want to have to deal with having a DUI mandatory you know, sniffer or whatever in their car. Well, I'm it's not, not even e- that I drink and drive. I just don't want a camera in my car that I didn't install. That is monitoring me. Yeah. Uh, this, it may or may not be a camera, although all these new call, new cars have multiple cameras in various different places. They, That's why I don't have those. Yeah, they haven't yet determined what this technology is going to be. It could be something in your steering wheel that monitors your blood alcohol content through an infrared scan of your thumb. Yeah, no. Uh, there's a potential for some sort of a sniffing device. Something uh, that, that can would, probably give you cancer through your thumb. Who knows? Uh, the, again, the technology has not been decided on yet. But that's one of the things that's included in the quote-unquote infrastructure bill. So it's clear that you know they, they just call these things whatever they want and they include whatever they want in them. So so like you said, you think, uh, Arya, they took that $3.5 trillion and just divvied it up into two separate bills. And I think that's absolutely it's- Sounds like what that's what done. they did. Yes. It does. So now they've got the Build Back Better plan, and White House National Economic Director Brian Deese is saying that this $1.75 trillion social spending and climate package is going to reduce inflation. He says, <laughs> yeah, it is that funny, uh, except unfortunately for the people that actually have dollars, it's not going to be a laughing matter. 
Uh, it's just silly to think that, hey, inflation isn't increasing the money supply. So to fix that, we're going to increase the money supply by another $1.75 trillion. Yeah. I mean, That's we, trillion with a TR. Yeah. He's talking to people who have no understanding of what inflation actually is. But here's what he has to say. Let's get into um, some of the more specific statements. He says, quote, you look at something like universal preschool, you know, George, he's speaking with George Stephanopoulos, economists for decades have been saying there's probably no single investment that could do more to improve the productive capacity of our workforce than investing in universal preschool. Oh, so they want to have a public preschool system now. That's exactly what they're talking that about. That way they, the state controls and has your kids from the ages of 2 to the ages of 18. Right, instead of 5 to 18. Now or 21, because right, social college yeah. that they're so, going to add. Yeah, they want to start at 2 or 3 or whatever the hell your kids first start going to uh, to preschool. Now, maybe it won't be government run. Maybe they'll just start issuing money to preschool like places well the ones that are obedient and have the the specific government programs in place that's like government run with extra steps though yeah yeah. and they'll ultimately just become government run once they do something they have to send in some bureaucrat oh you're not meeting your quotas so we got to send in the director of whatever institute to take control Quote, by providing affordable child care, affordable elder care, we're going to help get those people back into the workforce, which will reduce price pressures while also reducing the practical costs that Americans face. That's the case we're going to make, and that's the case why delivering right now for the American people is the right thing to do. No, this is a a really good example of a problem the government created 60 years ago. That they're trying to fix today. because Which problem? You used to have a family where one household was able to provide for everything. That's right. And now that's no longer the case. One person, the dad or whatever, yes. right? Yeah. Well, the gender probably should never have mattered, but sure, it did. Yeah. But it wouldn't have to if the government hadn't just inflated the money supply and destroyed the economy. And now you have to have at least two people working inside your home just to make ends meet. And even then, you're living paycheck to paycheck with a mountain of debt behind you. Yeah. And this that's is all not because of stuff the government did. Yeah. And, this and so is now not, they're like, hey, we screwed all that up. So here, we're going to fix it like this. It's just going to screw up something else. Right. And parents can't just, I mean, like one of the parents can't just take off for the first five years of a child's life anymore. Because they have so many bills to pay, because taxes are so high, yeah. because of all these burdens, because the dollar doesn't buy what it used to. So you have to send instance. your kids to pay preschool and you have to pay for it. Now they're just going to make everyone pay for it, so it doesn't seem like it's going to change anything. Well, they're going to socialize the cost of preschool, right? So, oh, well, it'll help the parents because we're going to force everybody to pay for their preschool now. Even the people who don't have kids. That's right. And, of course, again, it'll be either government-run or it will be government-funded, which means that in order to get the government funding, if you run a preschool, you better have the COVID uh, things in place. You better start forcing the masks on the children if you're not doing that at your preschool. And we've seen videos of how horrific uh, that can be when these kids are just being forced against their will to wear masks that are quite obviously uncomfortable and things that they don't want to put on them. So. Uh, that's one thing he points out. He also says the bill, uh, the bill is fully paid for by raising taxes on big corporations and the wealthiest Americans. Though the Congressional Budget Office has yet to release its scoring of their budgetary impact, the report is expected in the coming weeks. He says he's confident the tab will be ultimately zero. 
So it's free money. I don't believe that at all. Of course not. You shouldn't believe a word <laughs> these people say. And how does it reduce inflation? Did he explain that? Well, he's claiming that it's going to be paid for by taxes on corporations and the wealthiest of Americans. But I thought he also claimed it would reduce inflation. Well, that's just the thing they say. So He said they're going to increase productivity, which would put more goods in the market, which in theory would reduce prices because supply has increased. In theory. But Uh, the government really doesn't have control over that sort of thing. That's not what this is going to do. And it's not going to solve the uh, supply chain issues that we've been hearing all about over the last several weeks. By the way, the number of boats, the number of cargo ships out uh, in the uh, the Pacific Ocean west of Los Angeles hit a new record high recently. That can't be correct. Biden ordered the ports to be open 24-7, and he started <laughs> fining them for staying out in the ocean. Yeah, how, okay. could, how could that not have fixed it? I think it went over 110 or something like that. So there's more cargo ships out there now than there ever has been. Your thoughts are welcome if you want to join us here. 603-283-6160. The only thing you can do about inflation is protect yourself from it by getting out of the dollar and putting your money and your value into something else. Cryptocurrency, gold or silver, there's other things. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You can what you want here the number is 603-283-6160 and you can also call us on our sip line at sip.freetalklive.com that's actually not the sip line but you can go there to learn how to call us on sip actually somebody just dialed in i didn't get a chance to screen it so we'll get to the sip uh, sip call here in just a moment SIP usually sounds a lot better than just making a regular phone call. So if you got the time to set it up, it's worth the effort. It takes a few minutes. You do have to like jump through a few hoops, but then you'll sound pretty awesome by comparison to a normal phone call. So check it out at sip.freetalklive.com. Ian, Bonnie, and Aria in the studio here tonight. So we were talking about how the Biden boss... Uh, the top economic advisor is saying that a $1.75 trillion spending package, this is in addition to the other $1.something trillion they just passed uh, that the Biden literally just signed with the infrastructure so-called uh, spending package. This would be a different one, uh, $1.75 trillion, that that's going to somehow reduce inflation. Now, when they say that, what they actually mean isn't that prices are going to go down. What they're they're saying is, because you got to be careful with politicians, right? When they speak, most of the time they're just straight up lying. But sometimes what they're saying isn't what it seems to be either. Like, when they say reduce inflation, what they mean is they might be able to, maybe, now this isn't going to do this, but they're not talking about reducing the prices of things. They're saying reduce the amount of inflation. So instead of having inflation at 8% or 9% or, as we might find out in a moment here, 30%, they would have it at 7% or 6% or 5%. That is, quote-unquote, reducing inflation. I guess technically it would be, yeah. but it's it's silly and it's not going to help. And, you know, we hear these numbers like $1.5 trillion, $1.75 trillion, and we don't really think anything about it. I would suggest everyone out there go to usdebtclock.org mm-hmm. and just look at the numbers going up and just try to try to really understand how catastrophic yeah. of a system it is 
if the United States government is almost $29 trillion in debt. That's a number beyond our capability of understanding. And it's they're humongous. Con- and they're constantly adding to it. Now they want to add another two, almost $2 trillion to it. Yep. Breaking and, the th- $30 trillion gap for the first time in history. And they're going to say that this is paid for, but they're just lying. And these numbers are, are going to go up, and they're going to go up at record levels. And it wasn't that long ago that it was below $10 trillion, by the way. I believe that was in Barack Obama's administration. I remember it was a $6 trillion surplus during the Clinton administration because of the internet boom and all of that. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the Bush administration, it was negative $6 trillion. So, yeah, during the Obama administration, I think it was $10 trillion or so. That Something was the national like debt. If you want to weigh in here, you can do that. 603-283-6160. Let's go to the SIP line. Who do we have here? You're on Free Talk Live. SIP line? Going once. Now that's what I get for not screening the calls and maybe that person can uh, can try us back here in a bit so in other inflation related news rob fredericks writing over at monetarycurrent.substack.com says the latest numbers of the u.s consumer price index and producer price index remember the producer price index was the one we were talking about recently showing record high producer inflate price inflation meaning that their prices have gone up and an admitted eight or eight to nine percent And that's what we talked about last week. So these numbers have been released by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The information is a month behind, so the numbers correspond with the start of October of this year. He says the October update of the CPI for all urban consumers came in at 276.72. Last month, that same CPI was 274.14. That's a monthly change of 2.58%. 2.58 percent which equates to an annualized price inflation of 31 percent so you take 2.58 and you multiply it by 12 from the perspective of consumers and then he gets into some charts he shows you some more information but if his you know and i don't know what the, you know who this guy is i don't know what his you know a so-called expertise is on this but like you said Arya, that sounds believable right I mean, based on what we're hearing, something like 20 to 25 percent of the total U.S. money supply was printed last year. That's right. Or within the last 12 or 15 months, whatever it was. So, I mean, that's going to have a noticeable impact because that is inflation. That's 20 percent inflation by definition. He says the PPI by commodity came in at 129.7, which is a 29.7 percent increase from the basis point of November of 2009. And last month, the same PPI was 128.9, and that's a monthly change of 0.8, which means an annualized price inflation at the producer level of 9.6% from the perspective of producers. He says, we can see that prices in the U.S. continue to rise with no real signs of deceleration. Note that just before COVID hysteria hit in January of 2020... Uh, and he gives some of the other numbers there. Prices are now reported at roughly 11 to 18 percent higher since the madness began. He says Biden's infrastructure bill will only fuel the fire of rising prices. Add to that the rest of the impending build back better agenda. And that fire turns into a bomb. And this year, you know, it's not over yet. Sadly, no. they have plenty of time to pass this stupid new bill, and they probably will because they're calling it what is a social and climate spending climate. package. But That's big right. buzzword right now because they're having you know a summit 
or whatever in Scotland about the climate that Brett Thunberg is like outside protesting oh, or whatever. Oh, is she? I don't know if she's protesting. She's saying that they need to do more. Yeah, she's Well, they need to protesting. at least not drive private, fly private jets to these things. I think if they want to lecture us about carbon... It wouldn't, but if they want to lecture us about carbon footprints... I saw an article recently that, you know, having a six-pound cat is dangerous to the, to the uh, you know, global warming. I don't remember exactly what the article was, but it was Why? basically saying... I don't know. I didn't click it. I saw that it was stupid, and I said, I'm not reading this. A six-pound cat. Well, any cat. Having a house cat mm-hmm. is causing irreparable damage to the climate. What's well, the gist of this article? Where would the cat be? It would just be outside doing its thing, probably not causing irreparable damage to the Are they calling climate. for like an extermination of cats? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, like I said, I didn't click yeah. the article. I saw that and I said, that's a stupid headline and I'm not wasting valuable time reading that. Is this like cow farts? Probably. Farts? Could be. It could be the litter too. They could be saying if they were outside, they wouldn't be using litter, but I don't see how that's really changing the climate. Well, they haven't gotten to the point of telling people they can't have pets yet, but there are some people who have actually predicted this, like as part of the whole uh, World Economic Forum Great Reset thing, the idea being that pets are somehow bad for the environment or whatever their excuse is going to be, they'll want to take away pets they were sort of hinting at it during covid by saying that oh dogs and cats could spread covid and so well in china they actually killed people's pets yeah at least on occasion well and then there was uh, was it denmark that uh, exterminated like millions of what was it minks minks. yeah so i mean it's not those weren't really pets but yeah it was still an extermination but yeah it's an extermination of a harmless animal that was not going to harm anyone in any way shape or form but they went ahead and killed off over a million of them oh and fauci was exterminating beagles that's right he was uh, testing beagles in a very horrific manner this was some number of years ago in i think north africa uh, where they forced the dogs they cut out their vocal cords and then uh, they put them into some sort of a, a net confinement. Yes. And and they had sand fleas, I believe it were, that were eating their faces off or something horrific like that. So, look, they're, they're willing to do horrific things to innocent animals. And the, the whole idea is that if they can Including separate, humans. Yes. And if they can separate humans from their animals then that makes them even more lonely and even more desperate and even, you know, in an even worse uh, circumstance on an individual level. Now, again, no one has made that proposal just yet. Because people would freak out. Yeah, they would definitely freak out. I would literally absolutely lose my life over somebody coming and trying to take coconut. But what if they were told that now their dogs are carrying COVID? And now, obviously, those of us who, you know, don't buy this whole COVID narrative aren't going to, to buy into this. But the people that do... They may just sadly decide that they're not going to have Fido anymore because they need to keep their family safe. I mean, they love their dog, but they love their family more. And so, well, then they don't love their dog because if you get your dog, then that dog becomes part of your family at that point. No doubt about it. That's how dogs are. But you've seen how insane these people are about COVID, right? Like putting on three masks and, you know, doing I've never seen three masks. Everything they're told to do. You've seen two, though, right? Yes. You You know, somebody did three. I'm sure. Oh, you know they did. You know they did. Uh, so, you know, again, we're not there yet, but that's certain, that's something people have been speculating about. 603-283-6160 is the number here. I know, Aria, you had something to weigh in on inflation as well. We can talk about that. And, we mostly covered it. Oh, did we? Right. Well, then coming up, we'll talk about notifications and Americans 
and maybe others around the world's obsession and frustration with them. If you want to weigh in, you can join us here. 603-283-6160. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and we invite you to join us here as we kick off our number two. And of course, we do this every single day, seven nights a week, seven to ten o'clock Eastern Time. Joining you in the studio, by the way, it's Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. And want to welcome our new streaming platform. I don't know for how many minutes uh, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna stay live on here, but we're on a Chinese streaming platform called Nono Live. Well, we still occasionally stream to like Nemo TV, don't we? They're blocking us at this time over on that other platform, but uh, for right now, we're we're there. We just started up our stream, so welcome to anybody. It's actually a fairly, fairly international uh, platform. When I went to the site, there was some Spanish guy playing or a Mexican guy or whatever playing uh, some sort of video game, so you know, a few hundred people were watching him. Cool. So you know, maybe somebody will find us, but it was funny because we had to, uh, we had to download their app and like stream once from the app it's sort of set up the stream there before it would let us put our stream key or put their stream key info into our real streaming system and as soon as i hit the stream button from the app it showed me 20 people were watching it i'm like i just don't think so i I don't buy that 20 people would all of a sudden tune into somebody's very first stream within minutes with not not even seconds yeah within seconds there were 20 people there I don't and know. It could be a thing where it just pops up on the front page. It could be, but uh, then it went to 40. And now that we're streaming for reels, now there's just one. My and that's friend, me just watching it as a test. So My friend Safira used to be, she was from Germany, and she used to be obsessed with going and streaming us live, like drinking and dancing it. And it was just a thing that like all Germans apparently did because she would just get a big following of German people following us Amazing. us talking and they'd be like, Wow, she sounds like an American and I would be like, I'm an American. They loved that. Yeah. I don't understand why people watch the streaming content that they do. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest, I do not get it. Well, when you say uh, people, and now it's claiming 19. <laughs> so anyway. Um, is that from Restream? No, this is uh, No No Live. Well, I mean, but Restream is streaming to them, right? Correct. 
Correct. Maybe Restream will have more accurate more numbers. Accurate numbers could or maybe be. it is 19. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, if so, welcome aboard. Uh, we're glad that you're out there. now. Yeah, now it's claiming 20. So I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but you, you were saying you don't know about people watching what they watch. You mean like just video game streaming or specifically just re- real life I- IRL, as they call it? That's, by the way, our category over at No No Live was where IRL. I mean, to an extent, I understand video game streaming. I don't think I've ever watched a video game stream, at least not when it was You've live. You've made video game streams. Yes. So you must have seen them if you yeah, have some idea of like... You've got to put your little face in the corner while you play the game. You must have seen what other people Not have done. Not while live. Okay. I've never watched one, and I pretty much get that. My little brother used to watch them. So you've watched. Uh, so you've seen them, though. You've walked through the room. You've, you've I guess seen. so. The only video streamer I ever watched live was you when you were playing whatever it was, one of the Doom games or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you've watched them later on. You've watched playbacks. Not really intentionally, just mm-hmm. YouTube suggests them, and I don't realize it's a a live stream that was since re-uploaded to YouTube or whatever, and I end up watching it. I'm like, oh, this is a live stream. But even then, it's not like a live... There's a very different thing with a live stream versus a pre-recorded video. You're expected to interact with people during live streams and stuff like that. So they usually have the chat scrolling on the screen mm-hmm. or some sort of super chat or something like that. And I just don't get why people want to watch it while it's actually live and happening, except to feel like they're part of something. That's it. Yeah, that's it. But that's uh, an illusion. Yeah, for the, a large part it is, although if they have money to throw at the host, the host will probably be more likely to acknowledge that they exist. Yeah, that's the whole point of the Super Chats, right? Donate right. $5 and you'll get and your I'll chat read right. your thing. Yeah. Yeah. The only type of uh, live streaming things I can think of that I've watched have been like, a pop star is like, I'm going to go live on Instagram at this time. And then you go there and she'll maybe see your comment like, we love you, Kim Petras, or whatever. So you understand it then, right? Yeah, just people? not video game ones. But, but it's the same thing. So the the people who are watching it want to be acknowledged by their the star. If you also, will. it feels like you're going to like miss it because it won't be. It'll just be for that moment live. And but then later it'll be. could you play it back later? Maybe. There was one where uh, Kim Petrus was going to be taking questions, so I sent in a question to her. And then I missed the live, and then I tried to find it, and I never could find it to see uh, if she answered my question. It was ephemeral. It was temporary. So Twitch is like that. But I do yeah. understand gaming streams, but like the, what is it called when people like just stream themselves eating IRL. or whatever? No, not that. It's got um, some other term. Mukbang? No. What is it? Like stream this a- AMR? Oh, AS- ASMR. That's it. I don't oh, understand that. Would be that. where they would be like crunching in the microphone yeah. or whatever. Whatever. Th- that's a lot of the content. But if you just go to like twitch.tv and look at the main categories other than video game content, it's stuff that I don't I don't understand at all. And I don't understand why anyone finds it appealing. Give me an example like the cooking videos or somebody just walking around the street talking. Sure, or, any of those. Yeah. Well, so they're probably they've got like a fan base, right? Because of for whatever reason. There was the one guy who Oh, I don't remember his name. He was like Ice King or something like that or Iceman or something. He would go into places and he had like a speaker on his like a Bluetooth speaker or something on his belt or maybe it was just his phone itself. But people would send in those auto chat things where if you send like like you said, if you send five bucks, you can type in a message and then a robotic voice (laughs) will read the message out. Over the stream. We have that, by the way. That's like it's kind of like a standard thing for a lot of these streaming platforms. So on our on our Twitch, 
Uh, I think it still does it. Like if you were to donate, almost no one ever does this with us. But I think if you donate like more than four bucks through tip.lrn.fm, which is like a credit card, debit card donation system, this robotic voice will bust over top of our uh, our stream and just say whatever the hell it is that you want it to say. And so sounds dangerous if you're going into a place. That's why this guy was popular. So he would like go into places and the trolls that were watching his stream would say really offensive things. I'd have no doubt. To like the people that were around him or whatever. And he would like people would attack him. Oh, my God. And they'd, you know, chase after him and like horrible things would happen to this guy. But he also made a bunch of money. Uh, doing it so he would put himself in these potentially dangerous situations and these you know internet trolls who are completely ensconced in the safety behind their their monitors would just say whatever nasty things that they wanted so that's one example of why those people would follow that person and that would i I could still see why that would be entertaining but it's not something that i would necessarily feel compelled to watch live well as far as watching it live, I get you. But if you wanted to interact, then that's the reason why those people do that, right? Like, so maybe that's it. I don't have the desire to interact with people that I watch. Correct. I think it's a very specific group of uh, viewers. Like, there's a certain type of person that wants to have that acknowledgement, right? They want that host or that star or whatever to know that they're out there. And some of them are willing to pay a lot of money for this, right? So especially if it's a pretty girl. This, there are literally, um, you know, attractive or even semi-attractive uh, people out there will do these streams and they'll get what they call simps. You've heard this term. Yeah. Right. A simp. <laughs> can you define it, Bonnie? What's a simp? Hi, a guy that likes the girl just because she's pretty on the Internet. I presume there are also female simps as well, like oh. who do this, the same thing. Presumably. Probably. Usually it's referred to as a guy. And so, you know, there's all these pretty girls out there that are that figured out they can make a living. By doing this live streaming, whether they play video games or just sit there and and chat, or there's this one girl uh, who like plays Twister by herself or something like that, you know, just doing things that put her in awkward (laughs) positions and, you know, for the benefit of the camera, obviously, they've just throw money at these girls. And if you throw Kudos enough, to them. yeah, and if you throw enough money at the girl, maybe she'll notice you are you're out there and like say hello to you or something like that. And That's I don't sad. know what that does, you know, for the for that person, but it gives them some sort of acknowledgement. These are people that are probably very lonely, you know, they're sitting in their their mom's basement or something like that, and it, this is their human contact, or at least what they believe is human contact. It's not really. It's like yeah. you said, it's an illusion. It will be all the human contact there is when Meta, the Metaverse, is here. Oh, it'll get so much better then, won't it? You'll be happy. You'll be happy and you'll have nothing. Isn't that what the World Economic Forum said? It sounds like communism. 603-283-6160. You want to weigh in on the live streaming phenomenon? Join us. And in the studio tonight, you've got Ian and Bonnie and Aria. We're going to continue. Of course, you can take control of the airwaves. That's the point of the show. Also, want to make sure you know about Intercoin. It is now available, by the way, on not just X Markets, which is their first centralized exchange where you can easily trade USDT 
uh, for Intercoin's new ITR investor token over at xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. But Intercoin is now available on Uniswap as well. So for those of you that... I uh, want to use the Uniswap platform because it's, well, it's decentralized. I mean, X Markets is actually really pretty good for a centralized exchange because you don't have to do know your customer with X Markets. They just want an email address, which means you can use any email address that you want to to sign up for them. EXMarkets.com. So if you want to try the centralized exchange method, you can do that there. Or you can go through their Uniswap. Just go to intercoin.org and you'll find the link to their Uniswap right there on the front page of the website. So check that out. That just launched, I think, within the last 48 hours, maybe. So I don't know what the liquidity is on it yet. Um, That's uh, something that you'll have to see for yourself over at intercoin.org. You can learn more about the Intercoin vision there as well. That's intercoin.org. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts. Then we can talk about notifications and more tech stuff since we were talking about like or social social tech, I guess, if you if you want to call it that, if you want to call sitting behind a screen and chatting with somebody who you'll never likely meet in real life social. Uh, But uh, that's sort of the new world that we're living in here, folks. But first, Epicurus is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. I'll um, I'll keep it. I'll keep it brief. Um, just, I have just had a, an observation um, about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial today. Um, it's pretty funny. That, I'm not sure if you guys have been keeping up with it, but um, I have not. There's a guy that. Okay, there's um, one of the prosecution attorneys. His name is Kraus. Um, he's been got got a bunch of memes running around um, uh, with a, a, a face palm uh, with some crucial points. Um, I like to refer to him as a fat lock. Um, <laughs> he's pretty funny um, to watch. And today he. Uh, they got into a bunch of bickering um, today with the um, the closing statements between the, the two different sides, and uh, this guy actually ended up saying to the jury, this guy uh, Fatlock, actually said to the jury that um, uh, that there are no right or left-handed rifles. Um, so he's <laughs> he's either a extreme you know, outright lying or he's an absolute idiot when it comes to guns. Um, this isn't the first time he's the, his side has said uh, outright uh, lies like that. Now, when you say that, what you mean is, I mean, obviously anybody with a right or a left hand can hold uh, a rifle, but some of them have like the safety on one side of the gun or the other, right? So it's it's not really fully operable uh, as easily with, say, if it's a right-handed gun for if you're a lefty. Is that well, what you mean? I'll, yeah, well, let me... Um, I'll use a specific example for this specific rifle, Kyle's rifle they were talking about, the mm-hmm. defense was talking about that this guy was responding to. Kyle's rifle, like, was an AR-15. The way the defense was showing it, he was holding it to, holding the rifle to his left shoulder, and he's making a point of showing this rifle in its configuration, configured for a right-handed shooter, cannot be effectively used by a person firing from their left shoulder because the shells will be ejected into the, the shooter's face. Mm-hmm. So that that's what this guy um, Kraus of prosecution was responding to. I see outright outright telling the jurors that there is no such thing as rifles that are configured for right hand shooters or left hand shooters. And what was yeah, the relevance of this to the trial? Control. Were they saying that somebody was left a lefty versus a righty? How did this come into play? Well, that's where it gets a little messy. Um, a few days ago, the prosecution. They brought up. They basically brought up some magical evidence that they just invented. 
Um, the FBI was withholding some drone cam, uh, cam footage up until during the trial. And then a few days ago, the, the prosecution decided um, they wanted to introduce a zoomed-in uh, image from this phone, uh, drone footage. But, you, but you, the zooming-in um, part of it comes from, I believe, a, an iPad. <clears throat> and they decided that they wanted to introduce it into evidence that you, you do a pinch, not, uh, not a pinch to zoom, yeah, a pinch to zoom. Um, and there was a whole lot of talk with the judge and everything and expert witnesses on, on the validity of that because there's a lot more that goes into zooming than you would think. You're adding pixels. Their expert from the state um, testified that he did not know what kind of colors the pixels would be. This is how I don't understand how anyone sat through this nonsense, much less obsessively, like Richie, Richie, who was on with us last night, watched every minute of this stuff so far. How do you, how, how are you still sane after watching these grown men argue about zooming in on an iPad? And why didn't you turn it off to watch something that wouldn't destroy your ability to think? It's well, you know, uh, I, I don't have much else going on right now. I guess, but, but I also, I also recognize that this, this, this is an extremely complex case, and really, the reason so many people are paying attention to it, myself included, is because it is political. It, it's there's there's a point in which the judge tells this guy Binger, one of the prosecutors, this is not a, a political trial, and even Binger knows, like he smiles and sort of shakes his head, like even he knows. This is political. This is about gun rights. This is about your right to self to defend yourself in the middle of a riot. So I guess that's that's why I was I was. Suffering I think I don't think it's a bad nonsense. thing, Ari, that people are watching a trial. I, I think a lot of people don't know what goes on inside a courtroom, uh, and this is giving people an unedited glimpse, you know, a look into what that is like. I personally have been to, to plenty of trials, and I have that experience. But most people in America, unless they've actually been to court and gone to trial, which is probably a very small uh, minority of them, this is a, probably a fairly educational experience for them. When the Casey Anthony trial was going on, me and my sister and my mom were watching like every second of it. We had books we were reading about it like while the case was going on and we were just obsessed with like every detail like, oh, and this makes me think of this and, and you know, like yeah, so this is very much out. the same thing. People, it's 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 a hobby. Somebody, you got you got to have something to do, right? We, you were just saying, well, why do people watch uh, live streamers? At least this has some sort of relevance, as opposed to somebody just that's you true. Know, blowing up somebody's head on a live stream <clears throat> and uh, you know the next Doom game or whatever. Yeah, and I did also want to add. Um, there's a few other interesting connections here, actually. Um, um, yeah, so obviously. One of the, another one of the reasons I watched him watch this is because this is at least as important as the OJ trial, but hmm. it's, it took place. The incidents took place in the middle of a riot with all kinds of people filming. So just just putting together the the story is is, is it can be interesting because there, there's a lot of evidence that they're revealing pictures of dead bodies, pictures of the wounds. There's a lot of things that are revealing this trial that the media didn't talk about at all, or they mm-hmm. completely lied about. It's completely backwards. Um, so just like, like you were saying, just getting. An unfiltered um, perspective. It, it's interesting. It's, um, I'm really seeing outright how how bad the media lies. That you can see, eye. and also how just desperate and evil these prosecutors are, uh, and you know how dishonest they can be. Uh, now I'm saying this is just from what I've heard. I've not watched a moment of this uh, this trial. I've, I've had Matt reporting on it on Thursday nights on Free Talk Live. Apparently, by the way, Epicurus, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate the update. Apparently, the prosecutor also pointed a gun at the jury today and had his finger on the trigger. 
What the heck? So basically like committed a criminal act on the jury in the courtroom. Of course, they didn't arrest him for that. Uh, there's more coming up here. Thanks, Epicurus. 603-283-6160. You can weigh in with your thoughts on Free Talk Live. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bain Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open here if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. Don't forget, you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. And we got a lot of features on that site. You can go to our social media platform, which we are in charge of. There's no big tech, big corporation that's running social.freetalklive.com. It's us. It's a mastodon, which means it basically acts like Twitter, but there's no Twitter. It's just our own platform. You can join it. It's free, and it's federated, which means it's connected to the other mastodon platforms out there, unless, of course, one of them has decided they don't want to be connected to us, because that's kind of the nice thing about federation, is you can disfederate from whoever it is uh, that you don't want to connect with. But I think by default, you can find anybody else on any other mastodon and follow their their profile through us, which is pretty cool. So uh, check it out at social.freetalklive.com. That's social.freetalklive.com. We were just talking about live streaming because we got on this new platform tonight, and we're debating, you know, and talking about whether this thing is even real. Uh, they're claiming that we've got 49 viewers right now. But as, as you pointed out, Arya, no one has actually said anything in the chat room on this system. Now, we on, uh, we're on DLive. We've been on there for a long time. They haven't banned us, thank goodness. Uh, there was one issue with DLive we had like a year ago, but we haven't had any issues with them since then. Uh, we're, I don't even remember that issue, yeah, so it couldn't have been major. It was pretty minor. There's, uh, let's see, we're off of uh, YouTube. They have taken our channel and hit it with two strikes, so we're going to be off there for a few more weeks at least. It looks like uh, we're on Twitch. But like DLive, we're, we've only got like a few people watching there, but yet they're chatting, right? So Chaselton W and Six Society are in the chat room. They're active. Yeah, so I don't know if I believe that there's, you know, dozens of people on this new platform. If you're I, I watching on, uh, what is it called? No, no. No, no live. Tell us yeah. what food you'd like to see us mukbang. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. We do usually have a fair number of people watching us on Twitch and Twitch very rarely ever they says anything. That much. That's so, true. That's true. We just have certain individuals who are very chatty and yeah. I appreciate that. Well, let's get into this other story here, Aria, that you've got tonight. It's uh, it's relating to tech. In fact, it's about people's frustration with notifications. Yes, it's about how notifications are driving us crazy. <laughs> Wait, what was that one? J.J. Cooper has become fluent in interpreting the cacophony of notifications emitted by his phone and computer each workday. But this thing was different. And I was actually guilty of this with my phone that the FBI actually took from me. Mm-hmm. I had different notifications for different apps. So if I was showering or something, I would hear it and I would go, oh, You'd know. I know exactly what yeah. that is. You it was, even have a different notification for a specific person texting you. Yes. Right. 
That way I would, you know, know whether or not it was something I needed to deal with sooner rather than later. Right. It was that needle scratching on a record kind of sound where it's like, wait a minute. I was like, no, I have to find out what this thing is. But another notification distracted me, he said. We're on alert overload. Stray comments and offhand requests once shouted across the office now blink and buzz at us from Microsoft Teams and Slack. Our communication has grown fragmented, spread across myriad apps we have to learn, conform to, and remember to check. You don't have to remember to check them, though, and that's sort of the whole point of this article. They will make sure Mm -hmm. that you check them. Meanwhile, personal text and social media mentions have bled into the workday after all this time at home, adding another layer of distraction to our time on the clock. Why put your phone on silence if the boss isn't hovering over you? Our culture has evolved to accommodate rapid communication, and it can be mentally taxing. Many of us struggle to conjure up that brilliant thought that hit that hit right before the notification burst in. That's very unclear. Your memory is just overflowing with information. They should have proofread this. I expect more from the Washington Journal. (laughs) Well, I think there are two opposite sides where this can be an issue. There's the person who their phone is always going off and it's annoying to everyone and even themselves that they're always hearing noises and stuff. And there's also people like my little sister who you won't get an answer back from her for a long time until she looks at her phone because she just has it on sol- silent all the time. That's and I'm how always I am. Like, That's how I am. I'm always like, Elizabeth, you're not in school anymore. Turn your phone on so that way if I call you, you answer. <laughs> See, I didn't think my phone even had a silent mode. I thought it would only go down to vibrate because yeah. I'm used to, you know, once you turn it all the way down to vibrate, you hit it one more time and it goes into silent. That's supposed to be how it works. But right? evidently on this version of phone, whether it's because it's Samsung or mm-hmm. a newer version of Android, you have to actually go into settings and turn on silent that way, which I've done now, which is great because I don't even like it vibrating. Right. When I choose to give my phone my attention, it's my choice. It's not because the phone is yelling at me and demanding my attention or even vibrating at me and demanding my attention. It's my device. It belongs to me, not the other way around. I appreciate that (laughs) attitude. I I think when I first started with, with phones, I immediately went from like back when, you know, in the old days when you could just text and take phone calls. I I went straight to vibrate only mode just because I didn't want the rings to to bug me. I didn't want them to you know make noise. And then eventually I did go more. I would say in the last few years I did go to the completely silent mode and just I'll just check it whenever I want to, which is often enough as is because there's a lot that I need to do with sure. electronic devices. Exactly. Mine is almost always on silent, but if somebody called me I, and I missed it because it was on silent, I would usually get back to it really pretty soon because I look at my phone enough. But right. if you don't look at your phone enough, you're going to be missing calls and calling people back hours later if it's an emergency. See, I'm okay with that because if someone's going to call me, I will usually know in advance that they're going to call me at this particular time. And it's because we've arranged that. I'm not at someone's beck and call for them to just call whenever it's convenient for them. No, make sure it's convenient with me as well before you call me. There's some people who do this to me on Facebook Messenger. Just call me randomly out of the blue. I'm driving to work. How inconsiderate are you? To not well, like, they might hey, not know that you're driving to work. I know. Why not ask hmm. and wait for a response? Why just assume that I'm here at your disposal whenever you choose to speak with me? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think you can get upset at somebody for wanting not to place upset, a phone call. But I, I think they could handle it in a more considerate way. Most people probably don't call these days, though, because didn't they do studies that show millennials, for instance, are highly unlikely to actually make a phone call or answer any phone calls because they'd rather text? 
So if you're getting, I know a phone millennials call, won't answer the door. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, you you need to text a millennial when you arrive at the house because oh, wow. ringing the doorbell or knocking on the door, they're not going to answer, even if they know you're coming for some reason. Really? I mean, some will, but that's the stereotype, and it's largely true, as stereotypes often are. Is that true, Bonnie? Have it's you not that? true of me personally. I would definitely answer the door because I want to know who's there. But like, is that a thing that your friends have done? Not to me. Hmm. So this research, Dr. Mark's research, finds people switch screens on their phones an average of 566 times per day. Half the time we're interrupted, the other time we pull ourselves away. Breaks, even mindless ones like scrolling Facebook, can be positive, replenishing our cognitive resources, Dr. Mark says. I don't know that there's anything positive about wasting time scrolling through Facebook, but sure, let's go with that. (laughs) But when something external diverts our focus, it takes us an average of 25 minutes and 26 seconds to get back to the original task. What? Yeah, apparently. 25, like receiving a test message for someone if you're in the middle of working. For some reason, it takes people an average of 25 minutes to get back to work. I guess the idea is it takes you to one thing, which then you find another thing, and then you link to another thing, mm. and before you know it, you're watching a YouTube video, and then... <laughs> That's you know. what happens to me all the time. I'll be like, Ian, let me show you this girl that I knew in high school. Go to Instagram, then I'm looking at a picture of Lady Gaga, then I'm Googling her new trailer. Yeah, this is bad. This is what's <laughs> happening. You're right, Bonnie. This happens to a lot of people, and it's a huge time waster. I guess in that sense, I'm thankful for the limitations on my internet because I can't just do stuff like that, right? <laughs> and this federal government. <laughs> and this stresses us out. Research using heart monitor shows that the interval between people's heartbeats becomes more regular when they're interrupted, a sign they're in fight or flight mode. The onus is on teams and organizations to create new norms, Dr. Mark says. If individuals just up and turn off their notifications, they'll likely be penalized for missing information. I don't think that's true. But what would the penalty possibly be? Being late to an event, a, a, a sudden event that friends are throwing or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's an important event. It should be on your calendar. And, you See, know. schedule it in advance like <laughs> right. you would a phone call. 603-283-6160 is the number here. If you want to weigh in on the notification problems in our current reality, 603-283-6160. You can join us here on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And shout out to uh, people watching us on Odyssey as well. They definitely deserve a special mention because that is our primary streaming platform. We did we did mention that we're on a new platform tonight, and we're going to try to get on some of the other international ones because we were on Restream, which makes it relatively easy to get on all these centralized platforms that you know exist. I want to say a special shout out to the hater who, when he discovered that we were you know suspended from YouTube, he actually put in the effort to find us on Odyssey. 
and continue hating. Yes, yes. Bitcoin like, is a scam. That is commitment. Yeah, I'll give me I'll name him. Bitcoin is a scam. <laughs> and the funny thing is he's now on a platform that's actually friendly to crypto. Yeah, I know. I said he's not gonna be very popular on there. <laughs> right. So he's actually finally got opposition in the chat room <laughs> instead of his two other buddies that are basically like federal agents. The federal agent buddies that were on YouTube, they really, really hated everybody on the show except Mark when they played the Mark Irwin the the mark uh ending of a free talk live happened like two oh, days ago yeah, he did a, a final segment yeah. that's always been the case though like the, <laughs> the matrix chat it's full of people who who passionately hate me and ian mm-hmm. but they love mark to death <laughs> they also love trump a lot of them too yeah <laughs> so you do there, the math there, there may be some relationship there <laughs> So if you want to join us, you can, 603-283-6160. We're talking about notifications, and I'm not really sure what the thrust of the story is. Is it, is it how to manage them, or like it what? It is essentially how to manage them, saying mm-hmm. they're getting, like it's suggested here, is managers should create quiet hours where people aren't expected to respond, which seems like common sense, right? If your manager texts you at 5 in the morning, they shouldn't expect a response. Sure. Mine would, but that's because she knows I'm awake at five in the morning. And if she texts me at five in the morning, it's about a rock concert or something that's coming up. Right on. So this person has tried. Last year, his company encouraged everyone to test out muting Slack notifications. The 36-year-old who works for a digital agency in South Carolina made it only a couple of hours before caving. And I guess this is another thing where I have to say thank you to the federal government because I was never obsessed with checking notifications, right? For mm-hmm. for years, I've been like, I'm going to check my phone when I want to and not when it wants me to. But not having any internet access for a period of like three or four days, like at all, it really broke me of a lot of habits of checking things like that. Really? Well, yeah, because I, I couldn't right. at all. Yeah, yeah. So the desire to to participate in these online activities is just almost like withdrawing it from away. it. It just, yeah, it yeah. Just went away. The craving to do it. Vanished. The federal government stealing my phone also helped me stop uh, checking or watching Snapchat stories. I just almost never do that anymore. Maybe the people that I follow, I'll still look at there sometimes, but not even as often. But I used to like just be like, oh, no, I've just spent 30 minutes looking at these random Snapchat stories that are not my friends. It's like random people. And they're usually not that entertaining to me. I usually keep watching them because they're annoying or something. Those things, I had never even seen this thing before you showed me this platform. I mean, I knew Snapchat existed at one point. I had set an account up and then quickly abandoned it. Um, That's exactly what I did. But you're a, you're younger, obviously, than me quite a bit, Bonnie. And you're you know younger generations are more into to Snapchat, and so you had a fairly active account. You were watching these things, and Snapchat sells like little blip advertisements that last what two seconds, three seconds, maybe four on the long end or something like that. Like they're really really quick, like branding ads for companies you probably already know. You know, they're just hitting you with like a two second video in the middle of somebody's like 15 second or 30 second little story. And it's so annoying because you'll get like things. five of them in in like two minutes. Yeah. yeah, they just they hit you with these ads and it is just one of the most obstructive, annoying, offensive forms of advertising. That's what people need to realize. Like if I'm watching a video on YouTube or something or Facebook or wherever and you interrupt my video to shove an advertisement in my face, that just makes me hate whatever it is you're advertising. (laughs) You're interrupting my entertainment to try to sell me something 
And I realize this that's saying this on do. a show where that's kind of what we do, <laughs> but it doesn't make me like your product anymore. Well, we tend it, to not interrupt the show for these beyond, you know, even if we wanted to, we couldn't send out, you know, terrestrial radio during the commercial breaks of us talking because the radio stations would be playing commercials. Yeah. I mean, our, uh, our, our advertisements are much more structured and they're different, I guess. You know, but then again, people just don't like advertising in general. They, but I got to tell you, the, the quick little two second ones are just, even though they're short, I think the idea is that they're, in, they're intended to be unobtrusive. I find them to be more offensive <laughs> than, uh, than a long advertisement just I'll because be trying they keep to, hitting you with them. I'll be trying to show Ian some video, like, look at this dog's haircut and he'll be like, oh, God, another advertisement, and I've yeah. stopped noticing them because it's just, so I'm just used, used to, to it. it. But like, <laughs> at, you know, we have ten-minute-long segments where we aren't being broken up by anything at all. Truth. Imagine if this if this show <laughs> every thirty seconds there's like a five-second ad that just blasts in over top of that, which is just so annoying. Yeah, that frequency is a bit unacceptable. Yeah, it's crazy. Sure. But I've never watched a Snapchat story, though. So I used yeah. it to communicate You're with some friends, anything. and that was pretty much You're not. it. You, the thing about them is there will be one picture of a thing where you'll be like, that's interesting. You'll click on it, and you'll have to go through a whole bunch of different stuff until you get to the thing you clicked on it for. But anyways, the government taking away my phone and me not having a phone for a few days and then me only having a phone that I didn't know how to get Snapchat on because it's like a cloaked phone. For the rest of the, the time, I was I didn't use Snapchat for a few weeks because I just couldn't figure it out because I didn't know how to download an APK mm-hmm. file. So yeah, that that made me stop watching those you. things. Yeah, it was good. So this person would keep checking to make sure he's not holding anyone else up. He said, no matter what, I kept crawling back to the notifications. Now this is on Slack, is which Slack. presumably a work group sort of thing. It's a, just a chat. Okay, it's like it's. It's a way overhyped chat room. It's okay. basically an IRC that you pay for. It's like if well, you had stupid. to pay for Matrix. It's really annoying. Slack, they if you don't pay for Slack, they cut you off as far as your searchability to go back more. You can't go back more than 10,000 items in the, the server. And if you've got a busy server, obviously that's not going to be much more than you know a few days uh, worth of, of content. And they want you to pay like five bucks a person or something like that for everybody Good Lord. on the server. Yeah, it's not, it's not cheap. And honestly, it's just chat. That's all it is. It's a, it's a server that you don't get to host. Slack hosts it for you. So it's so like it's Discord a, in that it's regard. Like Discord. Yeah. But you have to pay for it on Correct. top of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's terrible. It's awful. He dreads having a pile of work waiting for him if he lets up for too long. And by if he lets up for too long, what they mean is not check notifications. And no matter what his bosses and colleagues say they expect, he can't shake the idea that Slack messages are supposed to be addressed instantaneously. My God. Well, is he getting paid 24 hours a day? Because I would not be caring if I had work to do if I was off the clock. I'm assuming that he this behavior manifests while he's at work, but oh. it doesn't specify whether or not he's sitting at home checking Slack messages constantly. Mm. There's this feeling that someone sent this to you, and they're waiting for this response that has a ticker counting down, he says. <laughs> Good Lord, that sounds awful. Emily Parks, a productivity consultant, says some of her clients are energized by hopping back and forth between tasks. She recommends they turn off notifications for 25 minutes to focus, then take a five-minute break afterward. Those with longer attention spans should aim to work for 52 minutes and then take a 17-minute break. Or just turn notifications off 
entirely. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to do it. And then if you want, if you turn them off entirely, but you're still concerned with getting something that's relatively important, just get a, get a, you know, create a habit or set yourself an alarm to remind you, okay, top of the hour, I can check my notifications. You know, if you're at work, right? So if there's something that yeah. comes in over the hour, then you'll you'll get it at least within the next hour, and then you can address it then, and then move on back to whatever task you were doing, and then okay, top of the hour comes, take take another look. And I understand that desire for people to be able to respond to emergencies and stuff like that, but when was the last time anyone texted you or called you with an actual time sensitive emergency? Hey, I need you to do this within the next ten minutes. For me. It was probably March the 16th when we got raided by the FBI, (laughs) the last time anyone I personally know had an actual emergency Mm -hmm. that needed to be dealt with and they couldn't have waited an hour or two. Yeah. They can't be that common. It's not like every single day you're going to call, hey, your daughter was in a wreck. We need you in the hospital right now. That's that's not common. That's extremely uncommon. Using emergencies as an excuse to keep well, your that phones. That said, if, if your daughter gets in a wreck and you don't get the, you know, you don't get the call, you'll feel sorry. Sure, but that's so <laughs> unlikely to happen. That's true. And the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I do wish there was like a way to make it so a specific number could break through and actually ring. Like if you turn every, if you turn mm. all the notifications off, but like Bonnie's call could get through and actually ring. More coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're kind of talking about managing your digital life because things are definitely getting more disconnected even as they claim that we're more connected than ever because we're not actually a lot of people just aren't even around humans anymore they're working from home uh or they live in a place where they're not allowed to go out without government permission i don't know if y'all heard austria just put in a lockdown for everyone who is unvaccinated austria or australia Austria. yeah austria really Uh, scary i'm not surprised i mean they're coming and it's going to hit the united states as well They've telegraphed it pretty hard. Yeah, so that's happening. Uh, I don't have any, any more details on it, but it apparently just went into effect at like midnight, like 
Europe time. So it's been several hours now that it's been uh, been going on there. Of course, Australia also in a really bad way. But, you know, prior to COVID, society was going in this more digital direction of people being meeting on phones Young people, for instance, not going on dates as much anymore. There was even a headline uh, the other day that says men are less interested in sex. I've been seeing a lot been. of that lately. Uh, I mean, like on Drudge Report and stuff like that. What do they call it? Just a, I don't remember the exact terminology, but basically an epidemic of people not having sex. Yeah. I don't is, know where these people are getting their studies from. It's surprising because you would think that after being kept locked down for some amount of time that people would sort of go in the reverse direction, you know, the pendulum swinging in the other direction and then go like sex crazy, right? Like if they weren't able like to Like the baby sex. boom after World War II. Right. Or, uh, you know, the, the roaring 20s, yeah. for instance. So if you want to weigh in on any of this, you're certainly welcome to join us. Uh, Aria, you were sharing a story, and you said we pretty much got through the the bulk of uh, the points they were making, but about notifications and people being ruled by them. We did, but there's there's still some more stuff in here we're talking about. Okay. So this woman, this one woman who we're skipping a lot of the stuff here because it was just useless background information. She started wearing AirPods and listening to an audiobook or music during the workday, which is what I do during the workday. I'm constantly have music going and even if my phone was vibrating i wouldn't have heard it over that and she convinced her husband to turn off notifications when he's working in more central parts of the house sean burke tried to eliminate notifications he felt were useless like ads from uber so he could focus on the ones he can't miss but recently he is greeted with a new phantom beep he couldn't even figure out which device it was coming from (laughs) I'd move to another part of the house and bam, it would pop up again, he says. He isolated his Samsung watch, which he had recently reset in the bathroom. After 48 hours, he was eventually able to diagnose the issue, a default to factory settings he had inadvertently triggered. This was all supposed to make our life easier, Hmm. he lamented. And it didn't. I mean... He felt victorious afterwards, surveying his collection of seven work and personal computers, phone and watch. And he sometimes wonders if it's all worth it. Obviously not. uh, Turning off notifications has made my life a lot easier. And I'm really thrilled that I actually bothered to look into how to put this phone into just complete silent mode. Because even vibrating is annoying. I mean, especially if I set it here on the table or something like that. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. And you can hear it. And it's I- distracting, too, by the way. Like, sometimes when that happens, some host will have their phone on the table. You know, I look around. Whether I'm in the first seat or the third seat or wherever, I'm like, okay, where is that coming from? You know, we got to stop yeah. the noise. But and- even when I'm not doing the show, even when I'm at home, I want my phone to not make noise. Yeah. Because I didn't get it because I wanted to make noise at me. I got it to make my life easier. And if it's making noise at me, creating demands of me, then it's not making my life easier. It's just making my life more hectic. Yeah, the more you can cut out, I think the better, the more focused you're going to be in your life. And it is a challenge. You know, people do want your attention, whether it be spammers or people you actually care about. It all gets kind of mixed together. So the more that you can cut out, but it's it seems like a never ending process, right? Like sometimes when I'm going through emails, there's some email from some company that I don't want to hear from, you know, that I got on their email list however long ago. I'm like, all right, I'll click unsubscribe on that. But it's not like the volume of emails goes down. I just it just feels like something I have to do because I know it, at least I won't get emails from that company anymore. It- but. It's weird how it feels like it never works. The, yeah. only, the only one that it's ever told me that it went into the unwanted um, spam. 
it, it, it's called unwanted because oh, okay. I've told them I don't want to be on their list and then they put me back on. It's foot foot locker or something that I've like never shopped at. Wow. Is like I put like unsubscribe meme. Now it just goes it's the only thing in this unwanted on Gmail thing is foot locker because I told it to stop and it just won't stop. Just the other ones coming. they do stop, but it just feels like you never actually cut a dent into the amount of spam. Right. Well, like Facebook is like that. You su- you unsubscribe to Facebook's notification emails, and then it starts sending you emails. Hey, your friend posted this, and you have to unsubscribe from that one. Oh, right. you got a new notification or a new comment. You have to unsubscribe from that one. So I found a better solution instead of unsubscribing is to just create a new filter and have it automatically go into your own non-Gmail-made junk folder. I see. Dump the, it into the folder you want to yeah, look at. Skip the, skip the inbox and just send it there. That way you never have to deal with it again. But it's not a perfect solution because some that like DoorDash or something that will suddenly use a slightly different email address and it will get through. But there's really no good solution to the email spam problem. No, there really isn't. And if you don't start out your email address staying on top of it, you're going to end up like my personal email address has something like 16,000 unread emails. <sighs> and I would love to just be able to hit a button that dumps everything. Just delete mm-hmm. all of them. Because, they don't have that button. No. Nope. So the only way to do anything about that would be to go through there out of 16,000 emails and mass, mass select them and mass delete them. And it only allows you to do like 50 at a time. It's like, dude, at this point, it's Google's problem. It's mm-hmm. taking up their space. So let them deal with it. I also have thousands of emails that are unread or just read and sitting there but i couldn't click delete it all because at some point i'm going to need to search through them and find one from like years ago it always happens see i thought that when i was looking for a way to just mass purge my gmail account Mm -hmm. but i was like look i know what the important things are that i'm going to need so i need to just go ahead and make a backup of those now and the rest of it screw it yeah (laughs) i'm not going to need it again and if i do sorry oh well yeah that was why do I need this thing that you emailed me four and a half years ago? Maybe you should have stayed in touch better. <laughs> but now it's gone, and it may, if you want to forward me your copy of it, sure, I will look at it. So I do remember you know, all this talk about notifications and uh, bringing up Facebook reminds me of the days when I was on Facebook. I've now been off since uh, the very beginning of 2018, but getting off of their system, which is designed to be addictive, it's designed to demand your attention as much of it as possible. And it's so much worse these days, man. Like I get Facebook notifications of, hey, your friend shared this post or someone else. Dude, I don't care. Just swipe, make that notification go away. I don't want it at all. So I just wanted to share what sort of my procedure was to finally breaking up with Facebook. At first, the, one of the earlier things I did was I uninstalled their app from my phone. Just got rid of it. it. It had become this sort of, and this was several years ago. This was this was years before I quit, which I quit years ago. Uh, I quit using their app, and it had just started getting really bulky. Like, the size of the app just kept on growing and growing. It was like a gigabyte of of God knows what data they were storing in this thing. And then they started splitting it into other apps. So then it became Facebook Messenger as a separate app, and then it was Facebook Pages has its own app, and Facebook. So there were at least three different apps. They finally fixed that. Oh, did they? Yes. You could actually finally browse Facebook as the Free Talk Live page. Well, anyway, the, I uh, I uninstalled their apps entirely. Un- I did not go th- through that process. 
of uh, dealing with that. So I uninstalled that. And then I noticed I was still addicted to still using Facebook on just a normal browser. And I would constantly be checking notifications. The little notification light would come on. And, you know, even if there was one notification, I would feel like I should go and, and check it. Ooh, new thing. Mm-hmm. No, something sure. I haven't seen yet. And so the way I broke myself of the habit was I set a like a, a goal, like a little small little baby step goal of, OK, I'm not going to click on the notification icon until there's five. And then I would only do it at five. And then I set it to 10. And then I went to 20. And then I went to like 30 and then 50 and then 70 or something like that. And by the time I got up above like 50 or 70, because I was I was refusing to click that thing unless it hit that number. And by the time I got to 70, I was like, I just don't care what's there anymore. There's never anything worth looking at when I click this thing. So I just stopped <laughs> caring uh, at that point. More Good strategy. Up. Yeah, it, was, it worked. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here at the number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. And I do want to say thank you to Joseph Schultz, who is a Free Talk Live AMPS member. Joseph has joined the new AMPS Patreon, as have dozens of our listeners. We're over 50 of the awesome. number of people who've made the flip over to uh, the AMPS program on Patreon. You can go to amps.freetalklive.com, and you can join us there once again, that's amps.freetalklive.com. You can do it for as little as five bucks a month, which is what Joseph Scholl is doing. So thank you, Joseph, for helping us out there. It helps us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. You get some cool perks as a result of doing that, and we definitely appreciate it. So thank you uh, once again to everybody that's joined us over on our new AMPS Patreon at AMPS dot freetalklive.com we've been talking about sort of like life in uh, the digital realm with notifications owning people's lives and having to wean themselves off of it by taking you know some measures i mean bonnie laughs but it's a serious thing it really is she's laughing out of embarrassment because oh. <laughs> she, she knows i'm not embarrassed i just think it's true I don't yeah know. you know it's a problem right like you you admitted earlier that you <laughs> should have seen the look she gave me uh, you admitted earlier that you get distracted online and we all do this right sure. like you go off you intend to do a certain thing on the internet and something gets your attention and before you know it it's 20 minutes later and you're like oh crap what was i doing here yeah. Sometimes I don't even remember. Sometimes I'm like, why am I here? What am I? That what? happens to me every day. Yeah. I think that happens day. to you on Twitter. It doesn't happen to me enough. And that's why in the list of things I requested permission to use, I asked for like TV tropes and Encyclopedia Dramatica so that so I can, can go, go on off. those insane walks again in life. How, why am I reading about elephants born in Norway or whatever? <laughs> oh, my God. So if you want to weigh in, you can hear the number 603-283-6160. Uh, we were also talking about live streaming and, you know, what the uh, the interest is that people have in this. And honestly, I think it's just it's people are just looking for something to connect with. You know, there's I mean, how many people watching a live stream, though, are really going to engage in some of these super chats and things like that? These features that allow the a minority of them. So the, most of them just are they even chatting? I mean, most of our viewers right now aren't really chatting. They're just watching. So what yeah. is it that appeals to them? Because that's not making well, them feel connected the to ch- us. Sometimes it's the chat with the other people. 
because you're in you're part of a community, right? Like that's the idea is that oh, these people share the same interest as you, even if the interest is the person to whom they are watching, right? Like we are all interested in this person and they're playing of video games or they're cooking or they're walking around or whatever things that they are doing. We're their fans. We support them. We want them to be able to, uh, to make a living without having to actually go and, you know, do a job or something like that, which I think is great by the way. Sure. Like, you know, it's, we may be poking fun, but at the same time, like I think a lot of us grew up, I knew when I was growing up, like, the, the big deal was, ooh, p- people that loved video games wanted to become a video game tester, right? Because that yeah. was the way you could make money by playing video games. None of us saw this coming, right? Not, we always thought you had to be a video game tester or a programmer. That was the only way you could make money off of, you know, video games. And then somebody figured out, oh, hey, if I just point a camera at myself playing this and stream it online, that they can actually make a living doing it. And now thousands of people are able to make, you know, their full income from just playing video games on the Internet and having no actual other skill. That's what my nephew life. wants to do is be, a you know, a YouTuber or a streamer or whatever. So when I go down there in December to visit him. I'm going to hook him up and get him all set up. And I don't expect he'll, you know, actually be willing to put in the work, but maybe he will be. Is he really young? I would have known that answer like four years ago before (laughs) I moved here. Doesn't your brother want to do the same thing? I don't know if he wants to do the same thing, but he is eight, if that says anything. And he watches these all day, every day. And yeah. he like repeats their lingo. He'll be talking about them like he's like, oh, this this streamer and as if I should know their name. And he's obsessed. It's it's mostly like Mario streaming. I mean, keep in mind that what I can and can't do online is pretty limited. But the mm-hmm. vast majority of what I watch when I do watch something, it is a a video game. Someone playing a video game, not mm-hmm. not a live stream. They usually do more editing and stuff like that and make it more entertaining. But yeah. that's usually what it is. And and I understand the reasons why people do that. I've done it as well. Like, oh, I want to see this game, but I don't want to buy it. You know, I, well, for I me, just, I learned from watching these people. Like, you're going to play the game? Yes. Yeah. I played the game regularly. See, I don't play. I don't have. I haven't played a game like a, a game stream or whatever for a year yeah. at least. Uh, more than more than that. So I almost never put put time into that. But I will watch like a game review or something like that, or a, or a quick stream just to see somebody playing a game that I have some interest in. in. Like, oh, is this any good? Get this person's opinion. Can see what it's like, and that's usually enough for me <laughs> these days. Sure. Like, okay, I, have, I don't need to play it. I guess I have watched. I mean, not a live stream. Yeah, it'd be like what Arya is describing, like someone playing a video game but not live. To try to beat a game that me and my little brother used to try to beat called Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. Like if I got stuck at a part. Like, I never I don't played know. Bar- Partners in Crime, but I loved Bowser's Inside Story. My little brother loves that one, but Partners in Time is like my favorite game I've ever played. But you'll watch it to get tips on how to yeah, play to, the game Yeah, well, better. just to, to beat know a what to do because I didn't. At. Yeah, I'd be stuck. Yeah, that's something they didn't have when I when I was growing up. You used to actually have to call like they actually had or get a strategy numbers. guide or something. Yeah, well, they had strategy guide, but they, back in the nineteen eighties, they actually had nine hundred numbers. They did. My dad used to tell me about those. Yeah, Not to could, like date you or anything. You could but. call and get video game tips at like three dollars a minute or something like that. Whoa! So it has I, changed quite a bit. I used to wonder. Well, I still kind of wonder. How do people figure out something like oh, if you press 
ABXO, ABXO, then it'll do this secret thing. How they, do people figure it out in the first they place? They must not be figuring it out. It's leaked. It's got to come out from the company. I so don't know, man. Whoever. People have figured out some weird stuff. Like the, I think it's the original Double Dragon. If you pick up a certain item at the mm-hmm. certain time and walk up a wall, it yeah. turns into. Like some people are just bored. They will find those things. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But like some obscure number of button presses, somebody yeah. leaks that from the from the company at some point. Uh, so if you want to join us here, 603-283-6160. You know, I hear a lot about young people, very, very young. Like you guys are talking about young kids that are watching these uh, these live streams and they want to do that. Like, oh, I want to be a live streamer when I grow up. There's a lot of that now. And I find myself thinking, I think the time might have passed yeah. for them. You know, like I don't know if it late. has or not, but I do know that if you want to be a YouTube game streamer, you have to actually play video games, not just watch people play video games. And I think that's what's going to be the rub for a lot of these kids who want to become YouTube streamers because they spend all their time watching, watching people playing. playing instead of playing. Like mm. you give me a you give me a controller, and expect me to play some Mario. I'm pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. But if I just spent all of my time watching someone play Mario, that You're doesn't be as good. No, that doesn't give you the reflexes and the skills that you need to actually be good at it. We don't want to watch you die 40 times in the first <laughs> six stages. Mm. No one's going to want to watch it unless you, that's your thing. Worst gamer on YouTube. <laughs> I mean. It could work. It could work. Somebody's probably already doing that one, though, right? I don't know. Well, they couldn't help you get better. I would totally watch that if the person was entertaining while they were bad at video games. That's the key. That's why, um, you know, that's what separates one player from another. One that might be popular from one that, you know, you can be really good, but if you're boring, it's not going to be something somebody's going to want to watch. Playing bad video games is more entertaining. Like that SpongeBob one we watched. Dude, there are some bad games out there. Oh, yeah. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Well, of course, that's what James the Nintendo nerd has made his, his whole career on. Uh, but those are edited and creative. Or do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. We've been talking about electronics and notifications, owning people, people's obsession with online streaming and possibly, you know, making a living off of these things. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs to this stuff. Like, it's great that people can make a living off of streaming video games or just streaming themselves, you know, cooking or just talking or hanging out in their room and turn that into, you know, a a living. That's incredible. But on the other side, it's also sad that that's what those people who are watching are you know, obsessed with and totally interested in and spending their disposable income on this person who presumably they want to have some sort of contact with, whether it be a beautiful girl or a really talented gamer or whoever it is we're talking, some celebrity, whoever's, whoever we're talking about. See, I don't get the monetary aspect of it at all. Like one of the people I watch a lot is this guy named Ryokar who's 
so much better at He's Mario than me. Yes. Okay. He's so much better at Mario than me than it's ridiculous. I've got like 30-something world records. This dude has thousands. Wow. So he's up there. And I've watched a lot of his videos, but I've never felt compelled to give him a penny. And mm-hmm. I don't understand why anyone would. Sure, he makes great content. Do you do you get to see the chat? Because I know you say you don't watch live, so you watch playback. Does it show like the live chat playback as you're watching it? Occasionally. Most of the stuff I watch are actually pre-recorded, edited things and not I done see. over live streams because... So you don't get to see how often he might get like a $5 donation or a $10 donation or something like well, that? Well, I have seen some of his replayed live streams, and it's pretty common. I mean, yeah. Dude makes a lot of money, right? Like thousands of dollars per stream. Sometimes tens of thousands well, per stream. And what are the contents of the donated uh, chats? What are the what do people say? It's usually nothing of consequence. Right. Something useless. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, hey, man, nice job, or you look cool, or great. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you know. they don't even do that. Right. They just like sing the stupid lamb chop song. Mm-hmm. This is the song that doesn't end. They just have the chat oh bot God. sing that. So right. it's just sometimes it's completely stupid. stupid. Yeah. I don't know they why just, people do it. I've they donated just, to one live stream, and I just remembered another live stream I've watched. It was whenever everybody thought that Trump was going to make TikTok illegal. So there were some TikTokers that were like doing live streams, like, this might be the last time I get to live. <laughs> and there was this you one. donated? There was one, marketing. I donated like $2. Do you know who Nanny Ma is? Was that the character that acts all redneck? Yeah. yeah <laughs> she you acts like redneck one. grandma, and it's so She's accurate. Funny. If you're from the South... That's literally like a redneck, or not a redneck grandma, just a southern grandma. She, you showed me her or him. It's a, it's a it's guy, a guy playing up. a, a yeah. southern grandma, and it's so and he's funny. Funny. He's funny. And I just donated, and I said, I "Love you, nanny mom." And he was like, "Thanks for the two dollar chat, Bonnie." No, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with giving to somebody that entertains you. Right? Sure, but he's getting paid from the ads that I get served. Well, not really because I use an ad block, but for most people. <laughs> He's getting paid by the ads that, you know, were being served. And when I, you know, use my television app to watch YouTube as I'm going to sleep or something like that, and I'm still getting the ads, so he's still getting paid. But that, that's how he's getting paid, dude. I'm not going to subsidize. That's what YouTube exists to do. That's the whole mm-hmm. platform they set up. You want me to pay you, get rid of the ads on Twitch. Then I'll pay you. Well, and that is what the Twitch subscriptions do, right? Do they? Like if you, if you subscribe to somebody on Twitch, they cut the ads out of the broadcast. As I, I don't know. I, I don't use Twitch much anymore. I, that's that's as I understand it. We used to, but the same Twitch is true for YouTube as well. Okay. Except yeah. I don't think YouTube has a way to pay for a subscription, or maybe they do now. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know either. Uh, I just want. I just use these platforms to watch content, and I don't want them to be any more complicated than that. Well, at the same time, I understand that the platforms themselves take huge chunks of these donations right yeah. so i don't even know what youtube takes out of the so-called super chats but i bet you it's close to half of whatever comes in for these these donations just i assume they, they use like you. some sort of third party software for the super chats instead of going through youtube because that way youtube can't take it well so there is that so like if uh, tip.lrn.fm you go to that and you donate that way you're not going through twitch Twitch will take almost half, I think, of uh, what you you send in, and I suspect these other ones are the same way because it's big revenue for them, right? Because wow. they know that people want to give, yeah. and they give them an easy way to do it. Uh, but you can provide your viewers with an alternative way where you can actually get more of what uh, of what comes in. I just assumed everyone did it that way, but I don't think there's anything wrong. Like for instance, I subscribe to uh, there's a channel on YouTube I like. They do 
movie reviews are called double toasted it's like a couple black guys and like a couple of white dudes sometimes that uh, they got great uh rapport they're hilarious they're really fun to watch and so like okay i joined their patreon you know like sure i don't sit there and i watch like them patreon live. yeah i don't sit there and watch them live i don't throw money at them in a live stream but Ultimately, there's really no difference in that, right? Like, I'm giving on a monthly basis to them, and some people want to throw money at them live, right? Like The difference eh. to me is that Patreon allows them to be decentralized, and if YouTube axes them, they mm-hmm. still have some income going. They don't have all of their eggs in one basket. Well, that's true. Except it's the Patreon basket. Right? Yeah, it's, it's another centralized basket, but yeah, it's an alternative. So YouTube kicking them off won't completely kill their income. This has happened to live streamers. Yeah. But like Jim Sterling, who was someone I used to interact with a lot, he moved to Patreon and he just exploded in popularity and money-making potential because he didn't have all of his stuff in YouTube anymore. Right. The only Patreon I ever subscribed to, it was a YouTuber's um, Patreon that I liked, but the reason I joined it was because there was like a community on there kind of like Mm -hmm. we were in a book club, so we were all reading a book together and discussing it and... They were, like, praying for me when I was going to court because I was really afraid I was going to, like, go to jail for cussing out a cop. And you didn't? Nope. Okay, good. I mean, as a content creator, I'm also totally okay. I don't want people to think I'm a hypocrite or anything. I'm totally okay with creating content and giving it to people and not expecting them to give me a penny for it. Sure. I'm not doing it because I want to make money. I'm doing it because I enjoy making the content. And I just have it in my heart that if someone's doing it because they want to make money then I don't support their content in the first place. I don't support that motive as a reason for making art. There was a really obnoxious uh, video of this girl that was a Twitch girl who, like, I guess either just sits, sits there looking hot or maybe plays video games. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her name or anything. As they are called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was uh, going on a rant about how if you're watching her, you need to be donating and oh, all this wow. stuff. It was really obnoxious. I bet it was successful, though. I bet it was. E-thought, I think, is the term. <laughs> I've heard E-girl. I've heard E-thought. I mean, thoughts are generally considered E, aren't they? Or No. I guess you can no. be thought in real life. Yeah. As well. <laughs> thought stands for that hoe over there, by the way, for our <laughs> listeners that are uh, are uninitiated on that. Uh, but so basically this girl that you were watching feels like people should feel obligated. I wasn't really her. watching her. It was like I saw people discussing it. Mm-hmm. Like, so they were playing that video and then talking about how they thought she was being dumb. Well, I, that sounds to me like she's trying to be this financial dominatrix character. Hmm. Oh, and That's that works. The, yeah, where a girl will shame men, basically, into, like, donating to her. And then somehow they get some of them who are, like, really simpish or whatever you want to say, addicted to her. And then they want, the, the men actually want to be told to give money like i've always heard about this but i have such a hard time believing these people actually exist it it does work i had a friend it was actually a guy who would do it with guys but it wasn't like on a live stream it It would just be like one to one like these people would text him he would show me proof and everything like he would be like you're being such an idiot right now like just they're having kind of a normal conversation throughout the day he turns it into a a, an argument he'd be like you're being Mm -hmm. such an idiot right now send me 40 dollars and it they just would it was really weird Pay my car car payment. Yeah, or or know? they would he would just get them to buy things for him, or yeah, like if he needed something, you know. I don't understand it. Yeah, 
It's hard. To, it's hard to believe, but it's real. Like she's seen it. Yes. <laughs> like this is a real thing. I mean, you, you know, there are people that want to be physically dominated, right? Like sure. we know that exists. People will hire a dominatrix to crack a whip and you know tell them what to do. And get them to grovel, kiss her shoes or whatever. Sure. And this is the financial version of that where it's actually a much better deal for the uh, the dominatrix. They don't even have to meet these creepy guys. They just have to tell them what to do and like how much money to give give to the dominatrix. And then they just go, you know, laugh all the way to the bank. That sounds like a really cool job. You don't have to show them, you know, your boobs. You don't have to do anything. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You want to weigh in on electronic ownership over our lives? You can comment. The number is 603-283-6160. And by the way, kudos to the uh, the Odyssey viewers, man. They've been chatting like crazy in there tonight. I need to pull up Odyssey more often. We, We were talking about this off the air. Aria, that you know, Odyssey's our favorite platform, but it's the one that's actually the least accessible, at least during the show, because we're to most of our platforms, we stream through a company called Restream, and they make a handy little app that kind of pulls all of the different chats from DLive and Twitch and wherever else that we might be. Actually, I don't think we're getting them from really anywhere else at this time. But That's really uh, the coolest aspect about it because yeah. I was thinking about, we need a way to take all, because we had a, a Twitch window open, a DLive window open, and this a YouTube window a open. Ago, yeah. Yeah. If we can get all of these in one place and then Restream actually did that they already. Did that. Except they don't support Odyssey yet. And I guess you've got a meeting with Restream coming up uh, next month, so yes. maybe you know we're gonna we're gonna put it in front of them. And I I imagine we're not the only ones who have done this. I presume because Odyssey is getting a lot bigger, a lot of people are streaming and a lot of people are posting videos over there. So from sure. what I can tell, though, the way that Odyssey handles streaming is unlike the way anyone else handles streaming. Like mm. you, they have the one stream. URL that is always the same. Yeah, I've versus, never seen another thing like that. You always have the same amount of likes that accumulate. Yeah, versus YouTube, which creates its own instance of each time you stream, even if the API key never actually changes. Yeah, I know what you mean. You can do that with Odyssey, but you have to go in and update it every single time, which we don't have time to do, right? Like, right. when mm. we want to start the show, we just want to hit a button and start the show. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, But then, that doesn't mean it's unworkable, right? Yeah, no, it can be done. So uh, anyway, I just want to give those guys a shout out because uh, they're they're probably the most active. They are definitely the most active chat. Uh, so if you want to follow us, you want to watch us on a, a streaming platform that is not going to take us down, then you want to follow us on Odyssey. So it's video.freetalklive.com. That's how you can follow our channel there. And by the way, we just crossed a thousand uh, subscribers nice. on Odyssey. So thank you to everybody that is following our channel there. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, so, you know what, I've got related news to what we've been talking about here, people, and getting crazy amounts of notifications, spending a ton of time uh, obsessing over digital things. San Francisco, California, studyfinds.org, reporting, this came out two weeks ago, children's screen time has doubled during the so-called pandemic, and it hasn't gone down since, according to new research. Researchers from the University of California, San Francisco, say youngsters are now spending almost eight hours per day looking at smartphones. 
teb- televisions and tablets. No, no way, no way. That that's a severe underestimate. Even before the pandemic, you think it's more than eight? It's got to be. Even before the pandemic, the average American child watched five av- hours of television per day. That's just television. Oh yeah, if you're counting television and phones, I would have to say that my little brother and sister do more than eight. Well, at least my little brother. My little sister has other interests like clothes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in Zoom and you know Facebook and Snapchat and all of these other things. It's it's got to be well over eight hours per day. It's going to be more like fifteen to sixteen. Well, they're saying that prior to COVID, the number was less than four, and now it is doubled to uh, almost eight. Concerningly, the figure... I don't see how they could be including television in that. ...doesn't include time spent on computer... Okay, okay. So, it doesn't include schoolwork. Oh. Then, then okay. okay. So, we are at 12 to 13, at least, Re- hours per day. Researchers focused completely on recreational activities, like playing video games, chatting on social media, texting, surfing the internet, and watching or streaming movies and television shows. Along with contributing to a more sedentary lifestyle, study authors say this shift is also affecting the mental health of many adolescents. If they have their own device, then definitely definitely more than eight hours a day. And most of them do, right? Like, because parents don't want them on their devices. Right? Yeah, that's how you end up with like $10,000 charges on the Apple Store or whatever. Yeah. As screen time increased, so did adolescents' worry and stress while their coping abilities declined, said Weird. author. Why? That they would lose the ability to cope with stress and they would become more stressed out as they stared at these glowing boxes and didn't interact with other human beings? Oh, so you're being facetious. Yes. Okay. Uh, corresponding author Dr. Jason Nagata said in a university release, quote, though social media and video chat can foster social connection and support, we found that most of the adolescent screen use during the pandemic didn't serve this purpose. And I got to disagree. I don't think it fosters anything about social connection and support. I think that's just what people say. I tend to agree. It's like saying that listening to a CD is the same as hearing a band live. It's like, mm. oh, well, it's just as good. You're listening to or you're watching the live stream performance of this band. It's like, no, no, it's not the same. It doesn't have the energy. It, no. As they said about the impressionist paintings, it's it's an impression of a human interaction, but it's not a human interaction. Right. I remember uh, during the COVID, uh, you know, the heaviest part of COVID last year, they were doing online concerts. And I just thought this is the dumbest thing. And online dances. That was even worse. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, looking at these, I felt so sorry for the bands that were doing this. I mean, obviously, they're trying to do what they can because they can't book a gig anywhere. There's like nowhere that would take them at that time. So, I mean, I can't blame them for trying it. But anybody that's honest with you in these bands would tell you that this sucks. Yeah, there was was always these like uh, DJs I used to like that would be doing like, uh, we're going to be doing a a zoom or something like that of our dj sets come watch my set and it would i would just be like why would i do that why would i want to sit in my room and watch your dj set well because you had nothing else to do right like if that if it didn't happen to me when i had nothing to do well yeah but you were doing things you were going out you were going and uh doing uber doing ubers so even even when the quote-unquote lockdown was most people were following it you were going out to work and and doing things but in a were lot of most places, people following it i, I mean so most people were following it in san antonio i was once the only car in my line of sight in san antonio which is in normally like a hundred cars yeah i mean I parked- here in keen were pretty insulated as far as libertarians and stuff go and it's new hampshire so people are sort of 
intransigent toward the federal government and its lockdowns and all of that in the first place. But it it shocks me to think that these people actually sat in their homes by themselves for weeks and months at a time. It was so sad to see people posting online about lockdown this and quarantine that and like they would put the word quarantine in front of their workout session or quarantine that you know like whatever sort of social media that they were creating quarantine makeup like this was the what they were doing in quarantine because that's how serious they were taking it it was really pathetic and some of them are still doing this some people are still you know what we have in common with them most of them we didn't die of (laughs) COVID-19 Yes, that's true. And we were going out partying in uh, in Central Square. So anyway, kids doubling their screen time. Of course, we also saw they don't mention it in this uh, story, but, you know, you're going to get fat doing that. Uh, Lockdowns, online learning and social distance has led to a reliance on digital media for nearly all facets of adolescents' lives over the last two years. The journal is uh, first to show, that's the, from JAMA Pediatrics, is the first to show an increase using data from across the U.S. from over 5,400 participants between the ages of 10 and 14 who self-reported their sc- screen time before and during the pandemic. Results also show that uh, adolescents on average looking at screens for the recreational 7.7 hours per day. And again, that's up from 3.8 hours for the same group of children from prior to the pandemic, it usually centers around watching or streaming videos, movies, or television shows. So not even interacting with other people. Uh, playing single or multiplayer video games also contributed to the increase. You've got to remember, they excluded schoolwork from this. Correct. So that's five to seven hours per day that these kids are sitting in front of screens. And the reason they brutal. call it screen time is because it's not particularly good for you. Mm-hmm. So parents are supposed to like keep an eye on it and minimize it. And now, no, suddenly your kids are watching, what did you say, 7.7 hours per day? Of recreational screen time. Plus 5 to 7 for schoolwork? Mm -hmm. That's 12 to 14 hours a day of staring at a screen. And they also said that it may be affecting poorer communities more. Uh, Black and Latino adolescents and those in lower income households have even higher screen time. They say this may do, be due to a structural or systemic factor such as lack of financial resources to do other kinds of activities or lack of access to safe outdoor spaces. So, yeah, not looking good uh, out there for uh, for young people as far as them getting out of the house, as far as them getting some exercise, as far as them actually getting in front of other human beings. They're, you know, similar ages or whatever. Times are changing. I do think, um, pandemic or no pandemic, the screens are making kids more socially awkward because my little sister and brother are a perfect example. My little sister is like two years older. She just has other interests like dance and like social things. And my little brother is just addicted to screens. And he just like, he's less good with other little kids. Sometimes it's so like... Jacob what did he do mean. on the first day of school? He flipped off his classmates. <laughs> and my mom was so embarrassed. I don't know why he did that. Because his favorite YouTube streamer does that. Probably. My mom doesn't know where he learned it or anything. And the funny thing was, it was like his first day at a brand new school in a brand new location. I just thought it was hilarious. Not funny. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of... Where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was 
kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.